Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to betray your co-hosts. Your show gets more popular. And on an unrelated note, Landon, I have some bad news. That's right. It's... What is it? No, it's gonna be solo grunt work again. Fuck you work. Thinking of a master plan, cause ain't nothing but grunts inside my hand. So I dig into our podcast, all our money is spent, so I dig deeper, but still coming up with a new episode of Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that is HIPAA compliant. Oh, well that's that's <laughs> that's good to know. That saves us from some lawsuits there probably. <laughs> I'm your host Landon Top 5 DMA Solano joined always by my co-host Truman 50 point share caps. Oh, I don't know what either of those mean. Are they, are, there, are those just like I also don't know any of the rap songs that you start the are those rap terms also? No, they are uh, Nielsen rating terms. Oh wow! Oh, so things related to the industry. Yes, that I, exactly. Okay, I should probably know that. Uh, DMA is um, uh, uh, designated market area, mm. and the uh, fifty point share is a point equals a percentage of uh, viewership. Oh, so you have fifty percent of our listenership. Oh. Because you're 50% of this podcast. I get it now. I get it now. Also, I'm starting to realize maybe those are some of the statistics they were talking about at the beginning of the movie Network. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, all right. All right. This is good. You're like the um, you're, you're like little uh, supplemental information that pops up on yeah, Spotify exactly. when you're um, listening to a song. <laughs> or I was going way back uh, reaching to VH1's pop-up videos. I also I also would have referenced those as well. <laughs> VH1's Patty Chayefsky pop-up <laughs> videos yeah that's probably this probably a segment on i love the 70s yeah. or something like that <laughs> did you know uh, actually detroit uh, as of 2018 and 19 is the 14th highest uh designated market area oh no i did not I, that surprised me i mean clearly new york is number one yes uh and i think los angeles is number two one would hope 14 uh you know detroit yeah pretty good i mean is it just because of the sheer number of robocops living there that like they <laughs> like the advertisers want to sell them more grease yeah. oil uh, <laughs> once they had the robocops driving the cars their partners no longer had to worry about uh, the hands on the steering wheel mm. so they installed tvs inside the dashboards of all the vehicles and thus uh, ratings went up. Okay, well, hey, you know what? That that sounds like progress to me. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Landon, it's yes. good to see you. It's good to see you too. It's good to be seen by you. Uh, oh, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, oh, you, you've had your uh, you've had fake googly eyes on over your <laughs> exactly, eyes the entire yeah. time. I've uh, just you know painted eyeballs on the back of my eyelids. Oh, uh, well, on the back of your eyelids, that so I can look at you, myself. When you close your eyes, you're looking at eyes. That's it's how I keep myself in check. I'm gonna. I'm have, always looking at myself. You're always you're always watching. <laughs> When it, every, every time you close your eyes, th- this is Stephen King is listening to this podcast because you know he does, and is like and is like tearing out his earbuds and pulling out his notepad yeah. and scribbling something down. I had a thought the other day. Uh, we finally have an answer to the age old question. It is us. We are now watching The Watchmen. Oh, yes. Because yes. it's a TV show now. And, and that we're both watching it. Yeah. So anyway, this is Grunt Work, a podcast <laughs> where we pick apart the first two episodes of Watchmen. So, Robert Redford, good president, bad president. I'm going to say good president. Robert Redford? Yeah, he's president on Watchmen. Come on, dude. Not in the first two episodes. <sighs> Landon. Landon. What? Hold on. No, 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 no. No, no. Robert Redford is president on Watchmen. It's like a major thing. Are we watching the same show? No, I don't think so. Are you watching a show about watches? Are you watching Swatchmen? 
<laughs> I am, yes. I'm only watching the play that uh, Jeremy Irons <laughs> performs in Watchmen. That's the. Ex- I'm not watching anything you're, you're, else. You're, you're watching it. with just the blue. Yes, uh, the Doctor Manhattan balls. Play. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. All right, that's good. Uh, so for those of our audience who aren't watching this one show on HBO, this is probably our worst start ever, or at least our worst of the season so far. <laughs> I don't think they have to watch the show to know that this is a bad start to a podcast episode. Okay, that's fair. There's That, that stands on its own two feet. We don't watch Watchmen here. No. We watch Home Improvement and then report our findings, our scientific research. Yes. It's grueling, thick, analytic, scholarly work. Yes. And we do it for you guys. Week after week. And it's not, let me tell you, it's not a labor of love. It is a labor of duty. (laughs) You said duty. (laughs) That's why we do it, so we can say duty into microphones. (laughs) That's what we wanted to do when we grew up. Truman, do you have a synopsis of what Season 5, Episode 2 was about? Yes, I do. Tim and Al are nervous when Binford is bought by a new investor who they fear will want to cancel tool time. (gasps) I know, cancel culture, out of control. When Tim meets Bud Harper, the new owner, Bud explains that he loves Tool Time and wants to take it national, but only if Tim fires Al, who younger viewers don't like. Tim agonizes over the decision, but ultimately tells Bud he won't do the show without Al, defending his partner's skills and his character. Together, Tim and Al cut a deal with Bud to do a smaller Tool Time expansion with them on a trial basis, and afterwards... Al gives Tim a very unwanted best friend hug. (laughs) Sherman, do you want to guess what that title is? Yes, I do. I have four options. That seems to be my magic number lately. Yeah, three or four. Yeah. Uh, One, the show must go Al. (laughs) I think it's great. I I think it's great. I've complimented your titles many, many times. I think that the ratio of your title to the home improvement title is far in your favor. I mean, that feels a little lazy. Wow. <laughs> what? Invite me to your homeland and, and then you say this. Okay, next one. Okay. Al Bud. Because the guy's name is Bud. Yeah. Is it a Rosebud reference? No, Al, like Air Bud. Okay. <laughs> I just, okay, they can be bad, but they're not bad because I was lazy. Okay, that one wasn't lazy. That one's just a misfire. Okay. This next one I'm sure will be great. Okay. Eggs and sausage, hold the Borland. Okay, I like that one a lot. I don't know what it means, it, but it rolls off the tongue and it plays uh, magical dances in my mind. It means breakfast foods. I realized at some <laughs> point in writing up my bits for this episode that I was doing a lot of breakfast food material because that's one thing I know a lot about. Okay. Uh, and lastly, breakfast of Champial. And I'm, if I may rate my own performance, <laughs> I didn't do a great job this week. I really was trying. There just was, I don't know. I, we were off the air for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. something happened in Spain. Okay, I don't know. Well, let me throw a wrench in this and we'll see uh, what comes of it. The actual title yes. is The Last Temptation of Tim. <laughs> that sounds a lot like a good one I would come up with. <laughs> but really? doesn't it sound more like, I don't know, a holiday episode or, you know... No, that sounds a lot more like something I would do as a goof. Like, oh yeah, they'd never name an episode after like a not particularly popular Scorsese movie that was actually really controversial. Also, yeah. it I, still, I give it an A minus. I would give it an A plus if they called it the last Timtation. Exactly. Yep. Of Tim, or if they called it the last Timtation. I don't know. Just change Tim's name to Chris. Yeah. The last Temptation of Chris, 
and we're good to go. And we have uh, what, what? What? Who's the Who's the guy who's on Get a Life? Chris uh, Elliot. Yeah, have yeah. Chris Elliot play Tim. Oh my forever. God! I want to see Get a Life Home Improvement. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see the the sweeted version of Home Improvement with Chris Elliot playing the Tim the Toolman Taylor character. He, he'd do it. I think if, he's weird <laughs> enough. If we just called him, I think he'd just do it on his own on spec. Oh, I love Chris Elliot so he's, much. He's, he's funny. He's a funny dude. Uh, Cabin Boy is a movie that was so big in my adolescence and i think that i would love it as an adult yeah uh, it's notoriously panned yeah. but uh it's so surreal and weird and uh david letterman is in it oh for half a second as a coincidentally he plays a like uh weathered old sea captain he looks Which a is, lot more like it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back so, then, he didn't have the beard. Yeah, now that he's basically in the movie The Lighthouse at this point, with his <laughs> with his scraggly beard and living in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Said the guy who hasn't seen it. Uh, oh, God. Man. Well, okay. So I guess we're done here. Uh, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, as always, we yep. appreciate you seeing live podcasts in your community. We have a merch booth. <laughs> Over at the back of wherever you're sitting right now. <laughs> um, I'll give some some stats, if you will. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, directed some... by Andy Cade, if he's still around. Uh, written by Howard J. Morris, who's been a mainstay as a writer and producer uh, of many episodes at this point. Um, and that's our... Uh, this episode was released... Um, released? <laughs> broadcast originally <laughs> in uh, September 26th, 1995. A date that won't live on in infamy, but... That I have a question about once we get into the beginning of this episode. But before we do that, let's thank our patrons. Let's do it. We both did field gold hands there. We did Bernie Sanders hands. <laughs> we kind of thank the 1% of the 1% of our don't. The average donation is $27. <laughs> but even $1 helps us get up to the big leagues. Just which one of us, if we both do Bernie impressions, which one of us turns into Trump first? Because that's always uh, either my Trump impressions turn into Bernie or my Bernie impressions turn into Trump. You know, the the, the distinction, I think, is that you it's in the hands and, yeah. and, and a little bit in the arms. I mean, Bernie's much more up with his arms, but it's the hands. He has like jazz hands. He does. He does. Have, whereas, he has socialism hands. Where Trump, Trump, has, Trump has fingers. That just does his like he does his one pointer, then two yeah. pointer, then one and pointer, then, and then white power three. symbol. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, Basically, the first season of Homeland, he's yeah. doing uh, hand signals to Putin. Probably, yeah. I, I think, yeah. He uh, Bernie has the energy to raise both arms. Trump just does a few <laughs> fingers. That's all he has feeling in anymore. Oh, so thank you to our um, grand overseers, uh, uh, Tara, John with an H, John yes. without an H, Ooh, both uh, of them. Tom. With a double M. Ooh. And uh, Kirstie. With a Irsty. <laughs> uh, I should also say Tara. How do you spell, how do you normally spell Tara? T-A-R-A. Is there, I feel, I feel like I conflate it with Teresa in which there are multiple spellings of Teresa. So whenever I see Tara, I think that there are multiple ways to spell Tara. I, I don't know, man. I don't negotiate with Tara's wrists. So I, I'm going to cut that into, what, I'm gonna, no, I'm cutting that entire what, bit out. No, 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 no. What did no, her wrist point. ever do to you? Oh, God. The worst podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Multiple spellings of Tara. Yeah. It's wild. I, I know. Good content. Shall we um, go into what we do here? Yeah, I think we should. The work part because, of this show. Because if this has been the play part, no one is having fun. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's dive right in. What happened this week on the TV series... Home Improvement. Oh, wow. You kept me in suspense there. I'm uh, talking about Watchmen. We start on the set of Tool Time. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of an episode. No, well, the, beginning the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. So the opposite of the middle. <laughs> what is the opposite of the middle? Would it be the beginning or the end? Oh, God. 
I don't I don't know. Maybe it's the end of the previous episode. Mm. I would I would say there's an argument that the middle is actually the beginning because if the beginning is the opening to the end and the end is the opening to the beginning, the true beginning really has to be the middle. Landon, how is it that every time we do this show, we can't get more than five seconds without <laughs> it turning into a Zen cone? Like a mind-clearing Buddhist monk exercise. Like, it's not even... I would be thrilled if we could go on, like, funny, amusing tangents like a lot of other podcasts. But no, we just go down these, like, weird philosophical rabbit holes where we're, we're proposing questions and the other person is sitting there silently trying to unravel it. And I just don't know if that's the best radio we could be doing. <laughs> I mean, oh unless people God. are meditating when listening to this, in which case, go off, I suppose. You broke me right from the beginning. We are at the beginning of Tool Time, where Heidi is introducing everyone, and we have a special appearance by the Grunt Creep. Yeah, um, climbing up climbing up the TV cart, <laughs> yep. and I, t- I tell you what, the Grunt Creep, everyone is making changes, everyone's making improvements. The yes. Grunt Creep, I thought he was going to fall I off. I did too, or jump. Yeah, he's, jump or He's fall. jumped before. He's, he, he's done both. He's been suicidal, and he's been clumsy. This time, he just, he climbs up and then inches around in front of the TV, and when she says, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, the grunt creep starts clapping. Yeah, he with starts, his little, little, like his tiny, hand or something. tiny hands. Yeah, his tiny little, tiny hands. <laughs> uh, and uh, this week, they are talking about uh, porta-potties. Yeah. They're talking about the unsung heroes of the construction site. Yes, a, a segment that is so momentous that it actually has its own theme song. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which really reminds reminded me well explain what the song is for a second well so it's like i didn't like write down the lyrics or something no, but it's, of sort course, of like, but... it's it's sort of like uh it's just a little jingle but it's like a bunch of you know it's like a, it's like a march yeah yeah like unsung heroes of the job site something like that. i could not picture anything but uh the lumberjack song from monty <laughs> python <laughs> and i think it's partly because of the, the plaid final. it's the it's, plaid yeah 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 no doubt no doubt <laughs> So yeah, Tim and Al have stepped out of two uh, plastic porta potties yep. on the set to introduce the unsung heroes of the job site. Yep, and they're expl- Al is so into this theme song. Oh, he yes. starts marching and singing along, just like the Pirates of the Penzance song that he did uh, a couple seasons ago. And Tim looks at him with some confusion, and once again, it's like Al is then self conscious, like he is he believes so strongly in the music yeah. that he has just let it get away with him, and yes. he he starts you know he has to kind of. You know, rein it back in. Basically. I would describe it as confused, disdained. Well, from Tim, yes, yeah, that seems like no, that that's about right. <laughs> it's not even like he's not even blowing it out for comedy's purposes. It's just like, Al, what the fuck? You're embarrassing. You're, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> um. So yeah, they are going to talk. They're they're going to start honoring the people on the job site, not the rock stars like the uh, the concrete pourers or the drywall hangers or the right. nail hammers or the uh, all or, technical terms. Yeah, all of the you know or the drill holders. Um, <laughs> no, but they're going to start talking about the little people who make it all possible. Starting with uh, this dude, yes. whose name I did not write down because that's Frank not how Dugan. I, Frank Dugan, and that takes us to wah, wah, wah! Their first character actor corner of the episode, and we have a jam-packed episode of character actor corners. Oh, damn. We do, and uh, I'm excited about each and every one of them. That's good. I'm glad that you have equal love for all of your character actors. <laughs> uh, this guy is Royce D. Applegate. That a... is that is a name you could set your watch to. <laughs> he is a distant cousin of Christina Applegate. Oh. Uh, which is interesting. Now, I've used the term prolific. Yes. Before to describe character actors. With a name like that, he'd better be prolific. I would say he is a titan of character actors. Really? Yes. Uh, 
going all over the board from TV to TV movies to <laughs> movie movies uh, and back again. Uh, with movies such as Dr. Doolittle, the oh. Eddie Murphy one. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? I know Ooh, you, uh, yeah, you get a little know, Cohen I'm, fix I'm there. man of constant sorrow. <laughs> uh, Splash. Oh, okay. Seabiscuit. Uh, going all the way back, he does a, a TV series like The Mod Squad, uh, 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 what was the other one? I wrote a whole bunch of them down and I lost them all, so apologies. Well, get, get, while, while you think Starsky of that, Hutch. I feel like Splash Seabiscuit could be the name of, like, a boy reporter. <laughs> in a... It would have to be in a superhero show, or, like, maybe, like, if the Aquaman series keeps going, but, like, Splash Seabiscuit, on the case, sir! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, he was on Different Strokes. Um, the TV movie, The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, and I think, uh, what was he, in the new, he was in, uh, I think he was in Twin Peaks as well, the original Twin Peaks, not the not the return. Okay, so a guy working in the 90s, it sounds like. Uh, all the way back to the 70s. Oh. So, yeah, super, super experienced uh, character actor, which is par for the course, as yes. far as home improvement is concerned. Only the best. Let's step back to the set of tool time, where uh, Royce, um, what? Was he on a TV series called ER? Because I think he was. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We play a little meta game here called Was He on ER? Landon, typically this is, typically your job is to remember things and my job is to forget things and be corrected by you. What's going on? <laughs> uh, you're right. I don't know what is going on. So You're he, like four non-blondes. I'm, yes. I'm going to give you some information so that you can make a more educated decision here. Okay. Uh, I actually don't even remember what you said already. So uh, this is not to influence you. Great. He died in 2003. Yes, he was on ER. He was not on ER. His last credit was in 2003. Uh, well, but ER was on in the 90s. Oh, he was also in Intolerable Cruelty, another cool movie. Oh, wow, he's all over. Yeah. They're, wow, all their, all their great stuff that they were doing then in their post-Hudsucker slump. <laughs> um, oh, he's in both... Uh, uh, um, oh, God. Uh, come on, Under Siege movies. Oh, was he on Cheers? <laughs> uh, he he was working in the 80s. and He was not on Cheers. Ah, oh, fuck it. I don't care about him anymore. Although, <laughs> I mean, rest in peace, a good actor. Frank Dugan, the, uh, the porta potty cleaner. Yes, her. yes. His duty is duty. And, uh, and that's not even a joke that they make. That was yes. me. But he explains about how he suctions out the outhouses with yes. the gigantic uh, hose that goes into a tank on a truck. And he is very enthusiastic about his job. Yes, and he takes a lot of pride in it, and mm -hmm. he says that it, it hurts him that, you know, no one, like, he can do the best job servicing these uh, outhouses, but then people see him and, and, like, turn up their nose and be like, oh, no, I'll just wait till I get home or something. Which I have to say, Frank, I think you're conflating the people's opinion about the porta potty with the value you're placing on them thinking about you yeah yeah like like I, I, if people hate podcasts i don't take that personally yeah no that's not on us that's just that's their hell if people don't like home improvement i don't take that personally no, certainly not <laughs> certainly not if people don't like home improvement we're like eh, still listen to our podcast maybe <laughs> uh yeah i think that uh no i think he's i think he's you know he's gotten a little too close to the job a little bit you know like uh i i think the closest comparison is uh martin sheen towards the end of apocalypse now where he's kind of become one with the jungle <laughs> i think this guy has become one with the porta potty and he doesn't know where frank stops and where the porta potty begins i do not want to know who he's about to hack up uh with I, a machete by I, the I, end I, of this episode but i, I don't want to know what body of brown water he is slowly <laughs> oh, rising out of holding a machete in the end of apocalypse now i'm sorry kirsty <laughs> 
I mean, in the movie, it's just a river. Yes. Uh, so, but he laments that he gets no respect, and yep. then he did no respect. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't. Yes, and that I can't, I can't <laughs> one up that. He opens the the uh, he opens the porta potty, steps yep. inside, showing off all the amenities and how great it is for both genders. Yes, for both genders, because as a guy, you know, I always use that rickety plastic urinal. <laughs> I never just piss into the hole that doesn't oh, do. splash back onto your legs. No, oh, yeah, I know. I completely do this. The... This splashback that I don't agree with sometimes. Well, you, you, you position yourself in the right way. I, okay, I guess, I guess we'll, I guess you'll have to show me some things, Landon. <laughs> After the podcast, we'll drink some water and and, and see Ugh, fetish work. Uh, so yeah, then Frank decides, um, you know, let me show you, and so he shuts the door and uh, to show how spacious it is and yes. how comfortable uh, a living it could be. Yeah, and then uh, Tim and Al turn to the camera, say a few more things about, you know, Frank and what he does, and they turn back to the door, which is still not opened, and they knock on it, and Frank says, I'm going to need another couple minutes here, guys. Taking a shit. Yeah. I'm, a weird line. I know, yeah, it's it's, it's real. It was actually, that was actually what he said. Uh, and... <laughs> I don't know. Part of me thinks, though, like if we already th- this guy already seemed eccentric, but then the fact that he is, you know, legit going to the bathroom on live TV. I know I just used the term <laughs> fetish work, but maybe this guy actually has some sort of fetish where, like, this this was a specific thing that he orchestrated to like be able to be going to the bathroom on TV, but no one can see him. <laughs> that raises more questions than answers that I don't want answered yeah. so uh, fans don't write in about what kevin dugan's problem is <laughs> frank uh, dugan frank dugan uh we get a match transition well or do you add more for that scene all i have to say is that tim and al's response to there being a guy taking a shit behind them is to start s- they both then sing the unsung <laughs> heroes songs, of the yeah. job site and then we get a match transition. uh we get a match lighting transition to the theme song uh still the same theme song and this week i was uh drastically taken back by how much the boys have grown uh since the theme song was recorded and uh how old they are in this episode particularly brad yeah yeah well also because brad is undergoing the most growing pains in this episode it yes like. absolutely in fact uh let's unless you have something about the theme no, song I let's go into the first scene or the the first non-cold open scene whatever you want to call it yeah uh where brad comes home uh, a full-grown man. He has a beard. Yeah. He is uh, coming home with his first paycheck. His wife is there. <laughs> his three uh, adorable children. He is gigantic. Yeah. He looks like he's even grown three inches since last week's episode. I feel like last week's episode was shot over, over the summer. Yeah like, yeah. yeah, like something like that. They took him on summer vacation there. Okay, well, let's co- get into this, because this is where my question from earlier comes in. Okay. Which is, they claim that this is the first day of school. Yes. And it is September 26th yes that seems really late in the year to be having a first day of school yes it does unless you're going to like state college or something like <laughs> well which, i don't know which brad I don't put might be it. at this point i don't know but. except for the fact that brad is not bright but other than that <laughs> well if it's anything well, like we're in talking about michigan university <laughs> i yeah and I, I went to state college too and trust me brad was a lot smarter than than a lot of folks there uh but brad comes home uh late from school um and he claims it was to suck up extra knowledge. Yes, and then he he subsequently reveals that that extra knowledge was in detention yeah. because well, he, Jill susses it out of him. Well, yes, yeah. Jill with her with her uh, wiling ways. Yeah, with her detective skills, and and she's outraged and says, "Well, no, no one gets detention on the first day of school." And then Tim is walking through <laughs> and says. Well, I wouldn't say no one. And then <laughs> I kind of like this interaction with Tim. I know I really like this too. This is the first of many moments where I'm like, Tim, 
I like this. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wouldn't say no one. And Joel says to Brad, what did you do? And Tim goes, this kid was just shooting spitballs at me over and over again. And the teacher <laughs> blew it out of proportion. Uh, so, you know, well, well constructed there. Yeah, yeah. But Brad, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't even really explain what. Well, no, this and this comes my favorite line from Tim in this scene where <laughs> Brad goes, uh, when Jill presses him a little bit more, he goes, nothing, I didn't do anything. And Tim just goes, goddamn teachers are still giving detention for nothing <laughs> without the goddamn part. Yeah, but Tim, and also not, this is not Tim clowning on Brad being, being like, you know, making fun of Brad for not yeah. wanting to tell about it. It's like Tim being actively aggrieved because he feels like every attention <laughs> he got was over nothing. And I, I have to say, though, like, there's a certain amount of, you know, Tim making jokes and like, I don't know, they're kind of, there's something about them accepting Brad for Brad in this scene and not like trying to, you know, put too much guilt on him or, you know, they're obviously concerned and Jill particularly is expressing that concern, but there isn't a like, you're a fuck up if you're getting detention. Yeah. You know, Tim is just like so accepting of it that it's like, you know, kind of cut from my own cloth sort of deal without the the selfishness or the egotism there yeah well and and also it's probably because they've learned their lesson with brad in terms of being well they've learned their lesson with brad like this kid's gonna be a fuck up no matter what <laughs> he got brought home by the cops he has up a in special school. set of interests yes and they learned their lesson about being too hard on the kids when mark shoplifted so <laughs> right. i think what we're seeing here is that they've finally worked out all the kinks of parenting on the other kids oh okay yeah i, I'm, I see growth i look at this and i see a, a happy story <laughs> now before we go to the next part of the scene i do have to point something out i'm bracing myself for a calendar related revelation <laughs> recovery positions it's actually a barn related revelation okay which is there's a barn on the calendar you, in the taylor's kitchen you ass <laughs> i'm just impressed that they got a whole new calendar for a whole new season i mean that's kind of how calendars work though isn't it in, in real life yes but the fact that they pay that much attention to the background i really enjoy i mean well didn't they win like awards for like set design or something on this lighting. show lighting yeah well don't calendars refract light in such a way that they're visible to the <laughs> it, human it, it, eye it, 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 yeah well yeah because i guess if you're going that technical with it uh, yeah i i am i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying to make your thing relevant <laughs> It's relevant to me. Al comes in, uh, super excited. He he cramers through the door. He does, yes. And I I like it. Yeah. I want to see more bursting in Al Burstin. <laughs> don't don't get us into an Ellen Burstin time loop again. But no, he because Kramer bursting through the door is like yeah. Kramer lives across the hall. He just jaunts across. Al had to drive to get here. Al drove. <laughs> and that, I think, makes him ripped. deserve to be able to burst in. <laughs> so you're just saying, if, so what you're saying is if you drive across town to my place, you're allowed to just burst in yes. the door. I, so I should stop knocking when I come here to record. Oh, the road goes two ways. Oh, yeah, Landon. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Bursting into houses is a two-way street. <laughs> I'd say there's a good compromise because you do knock on the door and I go, yeah, and then you don't enter. I, look, 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 I've lived, as someone who once shared a house with three uh, dudes in college, I've learned that, yeah, is not the same as come in. I've learned that anything aside okay. from come in, I'm definitely not masturbating right now, is, like, don't trust it. Unless, like, uh -huh. yeah. Unless well, what if I said, come in, I'm masturbating? Then I'd be like, no, nah, that's cool. 
<laughs> oh wait, we don't need to do a podcast anymore. <laughs> okay, I, I, I would just have you bring the mics up to the door because I wouldn't want to come into the ha- into the apartment even afterwards. I wouldn't put our listeners through that. Weird uh, energy. Let's not invite a microphone into that scenario at all. You know, and the th- you wouldn't put our listeners through that, but we're already talking about it. So we, in a way, we are putting our listeners through that. Yeah, but there's distance by talking about the theory and conception of it rather than the actual actual uh, uh, living through it. You know, and it's it's like it is it is the spookiest time of year. <laughs> Al comes in uh, to say that uh, Benford has been sold. Yes, which is huge news. Yeah, I, I'm curious what state it's been in since the death of Benford Michigan. and the disappearance of Maureen. Yeah. Well, I'm Michigan. Yeah, okay. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm concerned about what state Maureen has been in. This woman who Tim hated who was posing a direct challenge to his authority, who then mysteriously disappears. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's... Like, who's owned Binford over the... Do you think it's just been in the the Binford um, estate? Well, who's that that asshole guy with the 90s Nickelodeon office from, like, last season? Right. Like, I think that guy was running the show, Tim's old rival. Wes. Wes Bentley? Nope, that's an actual actor that was in American Beauty. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, Wes Studi? That was his name, right? That's also uh, somebody that's real. Oh, no, no, no. Wes Anderson, that's it. Uh, uh, no, wait, no, no. His name is Wes Lee Snipes. The point is, yeah, Wes was running it, but either way, yeah. now I guess Wes has, Wes has sold. Mm-hmm. And this is a kind of a momentous change, which seems to set the entire season on a new uh, on a new trajectory. Yeah, exactly. And I want to get I want to circle back to that point in a minute, but Good. let's talk a little bit about what's happening here. Yes. So, Al comes in, says that it's been sold to a guy named Bud Harper. Uh, Tim's like that name sounds familiar, and Jill's like, oh, we did a cover story on him uh, last year when I worked at the magazine. Um, and Tim says, I never read the magazine. <laughs> no, that can't be it. I didn't read the magazine. Which which is like, she watches your stupid show, dude. <laughs> Come on. But I, I gotta be honest, I like the dynamic here because it, it kind of, this is a big stretch and I'll admit that right out the gate, kind of feels like Howard Hawk's dialogue a little bit where yeah. Al comes in and poses a scenario, Tim reacts to it, and then Jill comes in and it's kind of all... You know, fast fire dialogue uh, and just yeah, hey? <laughs> giving a lot of like, uh, quite literally newspaper uh, <laughs> explanation for who Bud Harper is. That he's yeah. this conglomerate that um, uh, bought something or other. Yeah, he, just he, a number of things. Yeah, he owns a software company yeah. and a few other things. He's tires, tires. tires yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Alex is like, as soon as he hears all this, uh, the credentials of this guy, he's like, Oh no, you know these big uh, corporate bigwigs, they come in they cut all the fat and tim's like no wonder you're worried yeah they are literally the same size yeah no they walk they turn and they walk they're both walking in profile and it's like tim and al are like i think i think it's a combination of richard karn losing weight and yes. tim allen putting on weight <laughs> they look the yeah, same they are the same yes. i'd say they're even the same height so yeah. this holds no more water tim i will uh, take no more fat jokes we, we move that that joke be stricken from the record <laughs> um but al is very worried about a big corporation coming in yeah. and um basically uh, you know doing what big corporations have did and continue to do up until this day rip deadspin.com uh <laughs> you know cutting out editorial independence yeah. and laying off people and just turning it into a lean profit-making machine with no character absolutely and just like uh out of a sitcom we get a phone call from bud's office yes uh and they you know they i i, I, I want to point out as yeah. soon as jill answers the phone and announces that it's from bud's office 
Al goes into his most primal Nick Cage. Yeah. He starts freaking out. <laughs> he eats a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> he uh and then he goes and steals a baby uh yeah no no this is a very al is like al Bor- uh al borland who am i to, uh, richard karn yeah. is is chewing scenery in this episode and typically that is a bad thing but when richard karn does it it's a good thing he, is, he he walks he just paces this set this kitchen set and just continually slams his hand on the counter and it is the best thing i've ever seen i i i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest something okay glengarry glen ross yes starring a minute richard karn in every role like norbit i'm i'm way into it yeah it's um it's really good it's... that overlapping dialogue might be a little tricky but so you know what this is the 19th century 19th century is what i just said i meant 2019 wow what the fuck happened to my brain just then i don't know landon are you are, if you smell oranges <laughs> let me know if we can have two will smiths at different ages in the same movie i say we can have glenn gary glenn ross with al borland if they can make a pencil out of leaves <laughs> then this boy can i don't know <laughs> Uh, the point, it's, it's really, um, uh, it's, it's really fun. Al yeah. is, Al is just more animated in this episode than he's been in a while. Yeah. Also an Al Borland animated series, write it down, think about it for later. <laughs> uh, so Al is, you know, so Al is fretting about this. Tim talks to yeah. Bud on the phone. Now, here's the thing. We usually get Tim's egregiousness, his selfishness, his, you know, all about me-ishness, mm-hmm. uh, that is usually in opposition to Jill or Al or, you know, people that we love. Yeah. Now it's work calling. Yeah. And Bud is asking, can we have breakfast at six in the morning? Yeah. And Tim is turning that annoyingness to the large corporation. And I'm like, yes, I want more of this. Fight the power. Tim is, his response is breakfast at 6 6 a.m. I'll just move my lunch to 930. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. I want to see more of Tim the Toolman Taylor taking on the man. I feel like that. I feel like that's what we've cracked it. We would be fine with Tim the character as is if the target of his ire was corporate America. <laughs> so basically, home improvement. Except he doesn't have a tool show. He it's it's basically office space. It's like <laughs> yes, yes. T- Tim working in an office and being shitty to the bosses, and then coming home and being awesome. And then and then instead of loving tools, he loves his wife and kids. Wow, that's a revolutionary idea. I mean, he already does, but like being as emphatic about it, I don't know. <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It, I, I'm workshopping it. Uh, so after this phone call, uh, Jill's like, "Oh no, you, well, you got to pay attention to what he orders tomorrow. That's going to determine the state of what this conversation. If you're going to get laid off, if you're not going to get laid off, yeah, like a breakfast. Like she's comparing it to all the times she's been fired, which it turns <laughs> out were quite a lot. You know, you know, I got fired from this job. They wanted me to meet him for breakfast. Coffee. This job, just coffee. This job, you know, when I got fired from the diner, coffee to go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so basically, it's like okay, breakfast meeting could be good, but only if people, only if they're yeah. sitting down and ordering a full breakfast. And I, I mean, as kind of contrived as it is, I a like Patricia Richardson's performance of this, and that we get more backstory for her. Yes. And B, I like that it sets up a kind of. Uh, questioning undertone for the next scene yeah you know as paint by the numbers as it kind of is you know it it makes the next scene much more interesting no i absolutely this episode just overall very well written i thought like oh yeah we didn't go into personal reflections oh well i mean you know people people will get them either way but i thought i I liked the way this was set up like it had it it had you know uh uh notes of frasia to it (laughs) uh but you know he he goes that just you know this scene ends with us knowing like Big, you know, big changes at Binford. Tim is going to this meeting. 
anything could happen, yep. and it's a bad sign if the guy doesn't want to eat a lot of food. I mean, that's a comedy setup right there, <laughs> especially knowing who Tim is. Like, this is yes. one of the first times where the show has gone into a situation... And I've had the response that I think the show always wants me to have, which is like, oh boy, how's Tim going to handle this? Oh boy. (laughs) Typically my response is, oh God, how's Tim going to handle this? But in this case, I was actually excited to see him bumble through this situation. Yes, yes. And uh, so we get a uh, a patented, the next scene slides together transition. Yeah. Um to a restaurant we get a whole new scene yeah. set, set yeah we've never been in a restaurant set before. yeah they didn't they didn't just have it be a right, uh, diner set let's be specific we've yeah. had the restaurant set that's been redressed yes a yeah times. yeah that was that was repurposed as an indian place recently yes and well, that I'm, wasn't recent that was back in season two. Oh god oh <laughs> that, was, that was three seasons ago i slept too long what that was year back is in it? the 19th century no i slept too long <laughs> um so diner diner uh tim is doing mazes with crayons that's the thing he so the, we, we open with this tight shot on him struggling to solve a kid's um kid's menu play play set yep. you know map whatever with a crayon and he's, he goes like how do i get out of here <laughs> i am i'm i'm curious what your your thoughts are on that my thoughts are like i don't know i it, it puts me in mind of a thing that happened on cheers pull up everybody so, you know, oh, pull up God, a chair oh, pull up a chair Jesus Let me say, about where everybody knows your name come on come on no no no. it lives on in our hearts forever i used so, to love cheers and, and, and i used to love calendars landon <laughs> you killed that for me i'll kill the greatest sitcom in history for you but like how on cheers at, the, at first it's like yeah sam malone he's a baseball player he's not he's not super a gabagool but like how it's yeah, it's located in boston by the way uh, is it oh shit i have to watch the whole show again but like you know he's a he's a baseball player he's not an intellectual he's got street smarts and then as it just goes on further and further like sam gets dumber and dumber (laughs) as the show goes on. he and woody become two points that become closer and closer (laughs) on the spectrum yeah like um and and so i feel like tim is undergoing something similar except it's it's like tim is Tim is sometimes very smart relative to everything else going on, but then they will occasionally throw in a thing like this where he is, like, playing with toy ducks and talking about, they're my <laughs> right. friends, they're helping me look. Yeah. Or, like, he can't solve a children's menu. And it's like, Tim... But this is the this is the first time that it happens without him performing for somebody else. That's very true. It's not for attention. Yeah. He's just doing a bit just for himself. Unless he's doing it for the attention of the diner, which kind of makes it worse, but... I I mean maybe I don't I doubt it but maybe maybe the maybe the waitress had just come past and he was clowning for her or something <laughs> I, I, maybe. I I don't know it goes a long way to explain their dynamic uh, in a moment here yes um but uh, we get just a few seconds of him doing this maze and uh, then Bud comes in yes Mr Bud Mr Bud Bud Harper do you want to talk about the new who owner plays this person of or? Benford or no I just didn't know if you were going to character actor corner surprise me. <laughs> I, I, I can't trust you anymore. You Landon, can't is trust my me. With this show. You know why? Why? Because we're in a character actor corner. No, I, it was not. I, yeah, I, I deflated my own enthusiasm. Yeah, on that. I, I and and mine was already gone. And you know what? It's it's a shame because this man deserves our enthusiasm. I'm I'm still enthusiastic. I need to rebuild my enthusiasm. Give me a second. Charles Robinson. Oh my God. Who you might know best. From Night Court. Oh, shit. Yes, that's right. He played Mac, the main character of Mac on Night Court. Wow. Okay, so that's a big... That's yeah. a big get. He was the entire series. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, and he is still going to this day. Oh, my goodness, man. He is just rocking it. Um, this is a man 
Sometimes like I, there's a man. <laughs> Sometimes there's a man. Now, I told you that uh, Royce Diablegate yeah. was a titan. Yeah. You can't have one titan. You need to have multiple titans do they have, in order to have an AE. Do they have re- revenge of the titans or something? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying we have another actor who goes beyond prolific. I, he has eras oh, in his career. Epochs, if you will. Epochs, yes. And I, I, wanna, I don't want to gloss over the fact that he made a titan AE joke that I really appreciated. But continue. <laughs> Epochs, eras. Uh, so he goes back to the 70s just like Royce D. The uh, Applegate. Um, speaking of Apocalypse Now, he has an uncredited role in Apocalypse Now as soldier with Colby. Um, like the cheese? But I want to go back further than that to uh, he has uh, his starts in black exploitation. Okay. Black exploitation. Yeah, that, as, 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 it's, <laughs> as it is commonly known. Uh, in a movie that I think does not get enough attention called Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill. It's kind of a... Um, Is it about rap? It's kind of a Foxy Brown meets zombies. Oh, shit. I'm into that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, I, I He plays a character named Fabulous, <laughs> which is amazing. That is... No, that's Fabulous. Uh, so he goes from TV... Uh, from movies to TV to TV movies, back to uh, movies and then TV again, ah, just like Royce D. A familiar circuit. <laughs> the, the triathlon of acting. Yeah. The triathlon. He goes into um, shows like Lou Grant, the mm. Mar- uh, Mary Tyler Moore spinoff, uh, Saint Elsewhere. Oh, he's part of the snow globe. So he's on another hospital show. <laughs> Night Court. Uh, Love and War, which is a TV series that, uh, well, I don't need to get into that, but it has something to do with my interests. Um, he is now, this is his first appearance of Bud Harper on Home Improvement. Not the last. He is through the rest of the series. Oh, so get used to him. He's get used to this all. guy. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. He I'm is glad. not going to marine us. Uh, that's good he's not gonna join the maureen corps uh i'm glad that's uh because i i like him yes um yeah i i think he he brought an interesting um dynamic to it uh nice to see now uh, someone asked me this recently when they found out i had a home improvement podcast what's wrong with you <laughs> okay i didn't say it was the first thing they asked i just said it was a thing they asked was the second thing why they were somewhat unfamiliar with the show, and they said, well, they knew it was set in Detroit, but they didn't know much else. So they're like, how many black uh, characters are on it? Well, it's like, a 90s well, sitcom, so... Mike's, Mike of Mike's Tavern. Yeah. Uh, Felix the Plumber. Well, you, <laughs> names no one but us would know. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that we finally have Bud in a, you know, he's... Uh, well-to-do well i guess that's time to time will tell if he's well-to-do oh well i mean he's rich enough to buy binford he owns a software company in the 90s yeah he's a wealthy guy wealthy okay well maybe my understanding of the term well-to-do is i thought it was kind of a a uh more philanthropic uh title a well-to-do i know is it more your wealth how you're doing if you're if you're well-to-do it just means you've got money oh okay then he's well-to-do yeah he's he's flinging cash around What's the, what's the term for being a philanthropist? Um, that that term is uh, that term is an old uh, an old timey captain of the philanthropy sea. <laughs> that was the the improv equivalent of here. Read this book on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So there you go. A nice little gift for you. Um, he is still working today. So with that information, and this, I, I feel like this is also an indication at times too. He was on NCIS. Was he on ER? I'm just going to keep fucking crashing into this wall. I'm going to say yes. 
He was not on ER. How was he not on ER? Was he on Cheers? Uh... He was not on Cheers. How are these people avoiding the two shows? The one that, the, like, <laughs> Cheers isn't even a game. I'm just like, have I seen this guy before? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think that my thing this Bud season, Harper. my thing yeah. this season is getting the ER question wrong every time. That's <laughs> okay. Gonna, that's so you game. are 100% so far. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm winning at something. I'm winning the loser's <laughs> bracket. Uh, so, so Bud sits down at the yep. table with Tim, and uh, they get to talking. The waitress comes over to take their order. And Tim basically says, oh, yeah, I want a big breakfast, huge breakfast. Bring me, oh, just, just everything, just uh, just the whole left side of the menu. I want everything on there. Yeah. And then and then she's like, what about you, bud? And he says, I'll just have coffee. And Tim's like, no, 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 you got to have a breakfast. You got you to gotta get something. You're going to be hungry. No, just coffee's fine. No, you sure you got to eat something? No, all I want is coffee. And then Tim goes, lots of coffee. Bring him lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> it's kind of a fun situation to see Tim, like, up against the flames a little bit. And, and that, yeah, and, and that it is... <laughs> and also that that is very true to Tim's character that even even though the person by not ordering a big breakfast has clearly already made up his mind <laughs> yeah you you know you're going to think that changing like forcing him to change his breakfast order will change Jesus his intentions <laughs> for what the the meal will be I, I I like this I thought it was funny I did too um and it it starts to uh reveal through this conversation Bud has analyzed the numbers there's a reason he picked up Binford he loves the tools yeah um and that he's very happy with Tim. He thinks that Tim is a star. He's a yeah. success. He wants to make the show national, which yes. means that Tim's money will go up. Yes. Well, he, yeah, I want to expand the show. New sets want to take us to 10 different media markets. I want a much bigger budget, and your salary will be commensurate. And Tim goes, ah. There's always a catch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Bud... Like, just sort of nodding knowingly, like, realizing, like, yes, okay, I see what my relationship with this man will be like. It's like, it means to get more money, Tim. <laughs> Which Tim is then very happy about. Yes. Um, so, everything seems great, and then he says there's just one thing that he wants to change. Uh-oh. That sounds like, that sounds like, there's a computer error noise from, like, the late 90s. That ICQ. That. I, that's that when it. you get a message, yeah. It goes, ow. Ow. Well, that's always how I respond when I get... When anyone tries to contact me about anything, my initial response is "uh oh." Yes. Uh, but yeah, he does not like. Do you want to? Do you want to say it? Say what? Well, actually, it's not really a spoiler because people already heard this. He wants to dump Al from the show. Yes, and the reason for that is that uh, the numbers show that uh, even though he's well liked by old people, which is what Tim sticks up for, you go to any early bird lunch and only thing people are talking about is Al Borland. Yes. Uh, but the point is that young people don't, and young people are the people that they want to buy tools. Um, and so I'm going to do a Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney objection. Okay. Uh, because I've seen numerous episodes where very young, attractive women are very much fans of Al. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I get, and I get that media markets uh, put uh, far too much emphasis on what young men want as opposed to what young women want. Yeah. But I feel like if you cut Al, you're going to lose a lot of the fine-looking ladies who watch Tool Time. I agree. I mean, he was uh, Detroit's Man of the Year, um, or, or hottest, or what was well, it? He was, he was, like, on their list of most eligible bachelors. Well, yeah, in the course of that episode, he went from, like, nine to being you know uh number one in their conversations he kind of inflated it himself yeah and he's always been number one in our hearts yes, so i see how he would make that that mistake <laughs> uh 
but yeah, so he but he wants he against all evidence that yeah. Al is successful. They want to uh, they want to get rid of him. And not only do they want to get rid of him, they want Tim. Bud wants Tim to fire Al because Bud's grandma loves Al so much <laughs> that that she would never forgive him if he did it. So for Tim to get his dream, to realize his yeah. dream of expanding his show, taking it to ten different markets and going national, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, he's got a knife, knife his best friend square in the face. Uh, um, oh fuck! What's the the famous quote? El Duterino? No. Um, El Tu Brute. Oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> Damn it! I should have gone with that. That was a much better title for this episode. <laughs> El Tu Brute. El uh, Tool Brutim. There's a point at which there's diminishing returns, and we have not hit it. That one was perfect. <laughs> And Truman, you went right up to the edge and then realized that you were going to start diminishing. Uh, But Tim starts a protest, and in the middle of protesting, uh, the waitress keeps coming back over to interrupt him with new plates of food and asking, uh, do you want white toast or wheat toast? Do you want uh, sausage, links, or patties? Do you want this or that? Um, This actress just blew me away. Yes. Uh, And I'm going to go into a character actor corner. I know we just went through a long one. That's fine. But there's a reason. We're going into this one. Okay. Truman, I want you to pull the lever. <laughs> the famous lever we've had sitting here this entire time. The one we always talk about and make reference to in multiple episodes. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to pull it. Crunk. Ching, 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 ching. Oh, sleigh bells. Awesome. <laughs> we have an actress who hits the trifecta. Of uh, uh, Wait. <laughs> yes. Exactly what you're thinking. She was on Cheers. She was on Frasier. <laughs> and I forget what the third one was. She was on ER? Uh, well, that's a game. That's something that you have to decide for us. Uh, but she was, maybe maybe it was Home Improvement. So that's the trifecta. She was <laughs> So the trifecta. I mean, I knew the third one of that trifecta. I mean, I'm still I, uh, psyched about the other two, though. Okay, hold on a second. I, I had this all planned out in my head. I, I can't remember what the, the trifecta. Okay, she was in the Difecta. The Difecta. She was on Cheers. Okay. She was on Frasier. She's on Home Improvement. What? Her name. Episodes. Okay. Is also Shirley Prestia or Prestia. I don't, Prestia. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, yeah, you know how um, to pronounce Cheers and Frasier. The important. I do. Names yes, here. exactly. But she was also on Married with Children. Oh damn. She was on Family Ties. She was on Golden Girls, The Facts of Life, Mama's Family, Elf, Thirty Something, Knots Landing. Uh, she was on a couple of different Star Treks. She was oh on Mad About You, God. Step by Step. She was on Martin, Party of Five, NYPD Blue. She was in the movie Species, uh, Dream On, Babylon 5. Fuck. This is like the Gene Hackman <laughs> of 90s television and the movie Species character actor. And, uh, here's the big thing. Yeah. She, this isn't... While we get no context of how she'll play into the show, yeah, she is going to become a recurring character. Good. I mean, <laughs> and I that's feel, why I wanted to go into this character at the corner. I feel like, based on the quality of our character actors thus far in this episode, I feel like something about the fifth season of Home Improvement that like it's like they they leveled up to a higher tier of character actors. It's like or like they got a new <laughs> casting director who had a real line on the good shit, you know? Yeah, I I completely agree. Can you at least tell me what season of Cheers she was on? Oh, the yeah, most yeah. important no, information for I a home improvement. I absolutely can podcast. tell you both that and Frasier. Um yeah. 
on Cheers, she was uh, in an episode called How to Win Fen- Friends and Electrocute People. Oh, is uh, that where, where Cliff gets the electrode attached to him <laughs> so that he gets zapped every time he tries to go on a tangent about something? Uh, yes. That would help us also on this show. <laughs> it certainly would, yes. Okay. Uh, and she was on um, an episode of uh, Frasier, if I can spell Frasier correctly, uh, just playing a saleswoman. Um, in the episode where he is, uh, Frazier's dating the attorney and there's that whole email f- fiasco where he has to go stop. Uh, it's a later episode oh, of yeah. Frasier, yeah, yeah, which you I'm, might I'm, not remember. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. <laughs> um, this is amazing. So real Hollywood royalty in our midst. I, and her comic chops. So I have a memory of her on this show, um, that has not aged well. Yeah. And seeing her in this scene made me so hopeful for the future of uh, her her performances here, because I'm hoping that it was just through the prism of a young mind not understanding the jokes or the performances and being able to appreciate the performances. The arrogance of youth. <laughs> now, here's the, the big question. Yes. Was she on ER? Yes. Technically, you're correct. That's not very reassuring. <laughs> she played a character named Irene on a show called ER back in 1984. So I'm wrong about that. How did she avoid... E- was she too busy being on every other show to be on <laughs> ER? Oh, God. There there was a... Uh, Does ER not actually exist? A 30-minute comedy back in 1984 starring Elliot Gould. What? Called ER, yeah, yeah. Or was it called Err? <laughs> uh, wow, okay. That's... Um... That's also an interesting outcome to that. Well, good. So uh, my my losing streak is unbroken. That is correct. Yeah, as far as our Michael Crichton ER is concerned, that's good. That's yes. good. Um, but so so wonderful actress, great pedigree. She times out her comedy with Tim very well. Yeah, I think she just has remarkable timing because she like is bringing this to, as he's trying to have this big conversation. You know she. She and she's got other waiters with her, like three different plates, because he's ordered so much stuff. It's like, okay, here's your eggs and your pancakes, <laughs> yes. and like, and you know, asking him questions about all this other stuff that he wants. Um, and my big reaction to all this was, all those breakfast foods look really good. I really, I really get, I really get <laughs> yes. down on some like every every time I've gone to a diner the past. I mean, I don't go to diners often, but from the past couple months, every time I've gone to one, I, no matter what time it is, I just order breakfast because I just always am in for that. Breakfast is my favorite food it's 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 really <laughs> it is a food it, i no, mean there's not a, a single breakfast food that i don't like well i mean bacon and sausage and stuff but i mean i mean i'm not saying i don't like them i just don't eat them anymore. okay okay fair fair no everything about it is great and like l- looking at like these seven plates of like sausages and multiple plates of Biscuits, eggs and everything yeah right i was sitting there looking at like I could eat all of those. I'd, I would eat. I would eat those all. I, would, I was a little not to spoiler alert the next scene. I was a little uh, offended that Tim brought home leftovers. Yeah, it's although like, honestly, eat that shit there. Honestly, though, I was kind of happy that he brought home leftovers because it's like, well, at least he didn't throw it all away. At least he, you know, <laughs> and at least he didn't. See, that's the difference between you and me. I would have assumed that he just ate it all if we went into the next scene without the food. If if Tim ate it all, the next scene would be a clip show. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and I think that you do. Um... <laughs> so one thing worth mentioning because uh, I think it's it was such a weird creepy moment but in the middle of this scene so this restaurant scene with Bud is broken into two halves yes uh, once we get the revelation that we want to axe L we get a transition to the commercial 
which is just a cup of coffee comes into the frame, a bunch of steam comes up, and then the ghost of Al rises from <laughs> Al's, the steam. Al's face in coffee steam. It's it's <laughs> something like a surrealist art painting. Seriously, and I, I mean, I'm I drink a lot of coffee. I know that you yeah. don't, but I do. And every day I look at my steam waiting for it to go away so that I could drink it. And now I'm never going to not see Al Borland <laughs> when I look at my coffee steam. And then I'm going to start drinking coffee too. <laughs> Diet Coke never does that. Uh, so the second half of the scene, just to touch on a few moments. Um, uh, he talks about... Uh, uh, all of the audience testing and that Heidi tested better than Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, every, like, he's like, oh, audiences don't really like Al. Well, I don't really trust audience testing. Audiences love you. Audience testing's pretty good. I like it. But they don't like you as much as they like Heidi. Like, that's <laughs> that Heidi, the one who introduces the show and is attractive, is everyone's yes. favorite. So give her more to do. Yes, and give her more money. Pay women equally or more than Tim. <laughs> Uh, and then, um, I guess that's all we have for that. So that's Al we have for that. That's all Al. We, so the next transition we get, I think it was a sledgehammer. Well, it might've been an ax. An ax makes more sense. Cause you're giving Al the ax for his job. Yeah. The, the, the one other thing, like, like Tim is very much like, he's kind of fighting for Al. Like he's really, I don't know about that. You don't really. And the way that, that, um, the way that Bud gets him on board is saying like, I just really, you know, if we can, if we can cut, you know, cut the dead weight off this show and expand it, I really want to put you in a position where we can just crush Bob Vila and Tim oh, gets yes. super energized and he starts speaking in a growly voice that is not anything like his, the, uh, it's not like the grunt adjacent uh -huh. voice he uses. It's a whole different. It's evolved. As, as seriously, yeah, he's, he's entering his final form. So I have to ask you in relation to our grunt count, which don't reveal to the end of yeah. the show, but how does that change our uh, method of, of determination? He's Well, he's still speaking words, so it doesn't change anything. Okay. None of this counts. But what he says is he just goes, Crush Bob Vila! More coffee! <laughs> <laughs> which, which I like. It's like Tim yelling more power, except it's about <laughs> coffee. Um so but uh yeah so that is so then that that is the you know the scene ends with tim hollering for more coffee over 16 different plates of breakfast foods yes and then we get the axe transition to the dining room where mark is asking brad about detention um and brad is uh brad's just talking about detention and I that he got detention in his detention because he liked detention so much Yo, dog. <laughs> I heard you like being in trouble at school um so uh and so jill Jill says something, you know, Jill is again getting after him for it, and and he's saying, like, what's well, not my fault? And Jill goes, oh, it's never your fault. And then Brad goes, oh, Mom, thanks for understanding, as he, like, grabs his backpack and walks out the door. Um, <laughs> and meanwhile, Randy's in the background having um, uh, a few of his snarky lines worth mentioning only yeah. because i needed a transition a segue to get us into uh, JTT Junction. Oh, yes. Toot, toot. <laughs> I just pictured Trolley from Mr. Rogers coming around the corner. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in JTT's neighborhood. Uh, and well, so, it's a beautiful JTT in the neighborhood. Let's be real, folks. Let's uh, let's remind listeners what JTT Junction is. JTT Junction is a beautiful place where uh, <laughs> every week we're going to read like what a page at a time out of or a, so yeah out of a '90s era um, book 
about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, one of these kind of uh, Tiger Beat type of pop star books. Like a glorified a glorified Teen Vogue <laughs> yeah. article. It's st- called stretched Totally to- JTT. Yes. Uh, and last week we, we read the kind of preface to it. Yeah. Let's go into the introduction. Yeah. Shall we? That, let's. I've been, okay. I've been waiting all week. Page 1X. Mm. <laughs> introduction. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's the number one teen star on the number one TV show, Home Improvements. No arguments. And in the number one movie of all time, that seems a little erroneous, uh, The Lion King. Oh, gotcha. Yes. (laughs) Also, it wasn't getting even with dad. He gets even with his dad. He makes amends with the man who's going to become his stepdad. With all, these, with all of these credits details. and lots more uh, to his name, it's amazing to realize that JTT, and he does spell it JTT, uh, not the full name. He spells J-A-Y-T-E-E-T-E-E-T-E-E. That was me laughing at your joke. Oh, I see, Landon. It's amazing to realize that JTT is only 14 years old, and he hasn't even scratched the surface of his talent yet. But there's a lot more to this raspy-voiced cutie who has garnered millions of Ew. fans Ew. via his TV and movie work. He isn't the most popular teen star all over the world just because he's cute and funny. No, there's much, much more to JTT, and within these pages, you'll get to know what makes him so special. Uh, you know, as someone who does promotional copywriting jobs as part of his life, I'm thinking about the... 30 to 40 year old probably man who wrote this <laughs> and put in like like raspy voiced cutie <laughs> um I, I'm, I'm picturing like a like a fallen a fallen like hemingway or faulkner type <laughs> who's like he was like sitting in a typewriter in his like <laughs> shitty hollywood apartment like ah time to make the donuts raspy voiced cutie this, <laughs> this is a side job for brett Easton now yes <laughs> uh let's just go one more paragraph yeah yeah let's um do it. You can't pass a newsstand without seeing JTT's smiling face in all the covers of the teenage magazines. But when you open those fan mags, you get a taste of the real Dynamo who has taken Hollywood by storm. Now you can find out the full story, where he came from, how he got started in show business, what he's like at home and on the set of Home Improvement, who he's friends with, his upcoming projects, and what is really near and dear to his heart. Mm. This sounds like... A blog. Yeah, I, 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 well, Landon, before there were blogs, there were books. I think that's basically what we're learning. We're halfway through the introduction, uh, but this is feeling it's getting long in the tooth, so uh, let's save the rest of the introduction for next week. All right, tune in next week, folks. This book may take us through the rest of the series. I just want to say that right now. That's good. It'll give us something to, give us something to do, something to look forward to. I'm, I'm learning so much about JTT already at this junction. Based on that intro, are you like, are you itching with excitement to learn more about 14 year old JTT? I, I hope that excitement is what's making me itchy about this 14-year-old boy. Uh, All right, we're already getting in weird waters. Yeah, not good. Okay, back on the train, perverts. Let's leave JTT <laughs> Junction. Uh, the, the, we have, so certain people have to stand 300 feet away from JTT Junction at all times because of a court order. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. <laughs> we go back to uh, our episode now in progress. Jill is taking out the trash uh, after yelling at Brad, who's getting a little defensive about his detention, and steps outside for a Wilson scene. I want to say, just want to take a moment. Yeah. Uh, some Jill appreciation here. Some yeah. Patricia. Patriciation. You know, that's my mom's name, and I can't even say it right. Yeah, Landon. Patricia Richardson Appreciation. There's yeah. just a lot of shushes in that sentence. Yeah. Um, listen, 
Real listen, talk, okay? I'm listening. Listen, yeah. Okay. Hey, I can say comfortably, Jill is fucking hot in this scene. Uh, she looks, she looks aight. She looks aight <laughs> in this scene. I, I, I was, I kind of noticed when she came out. Like, Jill, have they hotted you up this season? What's, what's going <laughs> well, on I just here? Think, you know, what, she's taking care of herself, and it's, uh, it's showing. You know, I mean, I, yeah, the, the kids are getting older. Maybe she doesn't have to take. You know, the kids are growing more independent. She's got a little more time to, to work out or something. I don't know. I'm just saying, she's hanging out with the college crowd now. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's getting some influences out there. Yeah, she's yeah. got to look good to she's keep got, up. Yeah, I got to compete to get those glances from the wayward graduate student boys <laughs> in the psychology program. And I bet they're uh, they're tossing them glances uh willy-nilly they're learning about free free wheeling glancing she, she learned about the male gaze and she is out there getting it <laughs> soaking it in uh and so she comes out back gross and she hears the sound of like a clarinet playing or some kind of wind instrument playing and, uh, and I, I and i couldn't tell who it was because yeah. he uh apparently this floating flute uh walks up to the fence because wilson completely blends in his outfit is the same color as the wood well and he doesn't appear to be holding a flute and the camera doesn't suggest that he's holding it. like she hears the sound walks over to it because <laughs> he's god and it's his trumpeters he's just he made it happen with his mind he's just standing there at the fence <laughs> his like, heralds are they they don't play trumpets they play play flute wind recorders. flutes yeah. like like pan pipes or something <laughs> like his wilson just got a theme now that just plays whenever oh he's my on god I, I i hope that becomes a thing where we just go to a wilson scene and there's a specific theme song for him Ugh. uh but so she is chatting with wilson and complains about how brad's getting detention and whatever happened to my sweet little boy and uh wilson explains that when he was a teenager he was pretty wild and rambunctious too yes uh once uh when he was in high school uh, he was playing chess against his father, and even though his father had him uh, uh, completely cornered and checkmated, he refused to concede the <gasps> loss. Oh, God. And then, uh, when he was sent to his room for that, which, okay, that's kind of an extreme move, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Wilson. Uh, when he gets sent to his room, he then snuck out and went across state lines to go see a Monet exhibit. Ooh. Now, the sneaking out and crossing state lines is pretty extreme. Yes. Like, unless you live right on the border... I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I, I mean, Detroit is close to the Canadian, or, uh, well, the Canadian border and the Ohio border. So, yeah, all those all those awesome art exhibits in Ohio. Although, <laughs> admittedly, the Cleveland Art Museum is the single best thing to do in Cleveland. So, who am I to, who am well, I to diss? Whoa, 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 hold on. We learned that Wilson's Canadian. He crossed the border into Michigan to the DIA. Oh, dang. But, of course, he said state lines... Well, technically, one side of it is a state line. Yeah, fair. Look, I love the I, I love this idea. I love this idea of 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 Wilson illegally crossing the border so much right now. That's why we shouldn't build a wall. When Canada sends people, they are sending their best because they're sending Wilson. We're gonna have Canada build a fence. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna build a big beautiful bridge to Canada, and we're gonna pay for it ourselves so we can get all of their Wilsons. Uh, we have one in Detroit that goes to Windsor. Oh, anyway, the Friendship Bridge. Uh, we get a from his Monet line. We get a pr- uh, paint transition um, to the dining room where Tim comes home with all the leftovers. Uh, that was the spoiler alert from earlier, uh, and tells Jill <laughs> the big breakfast food spoiler. I know. Um, he tells uh, Jill about his meeting with Bud, um, and uh, what I love about this. We don't need to go into the details of the scene too much here, yeah, because we're getting a little long in time. But what I love about the scene is that there is at no point 
does Tim even really seriously consider getting rid of Val? This is why I this is why I like this episode too. a lot, and this is why I'm really happy about Tim's behavior in this episode. Like he, like that you know, Tim makes it very clear that taking tool time national and getting paid lots of money is what he's always wanted to do, but. But, like, at the same time, like, he, his loyalty to Al is complete. Like, there's yeah. never, he, he, it's not like, I was expecting him to come home, like, as soon as it was put out there that he was going to have to get rid of Al. Yeah. I was like, okay, so Tim's going to be all in on getting rid of Al until Wilson or Jill. Someone tells him you have to be a human being. Going to be this huge farce. But yeah. no, like, Tim is like, he's just, it, it's not like he's going like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, no, no. It's more just like, ah, shit. I really want this. Yeah. Is there a way that I can ethically do this and it won't hurt right. Al? Which well, is a normal thing that people would ask. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to mention that. Like, his one line seems extremely mature. And maybe he's picking something up from Jill where he's like, you know, am I doing myself a disservice here? I mean, should I even take the time to even consider this for half a second? Yeah. Uh, to just think about the ramifications of this? And, yeah. Um, you know, speaking of loyalty, as you said... Uh, that becomes kind of a theme in the last part of the scene where <laughs> Tim's like, well, how loyal do I have to be? And Jill's like, well, it depends on how good a friend you are. Yeah. And uh, cue Al to burst in, uh, excited. Giddy up! <laughs> and uh, the rest of the scene plays out where um, Tim kind of explains that uh, what happened with Bud to a degree saying he turned down wanting to go national and doesn't allow... Al just gets angry at him. Is like, you never think about me. You never do this because because Al has heard from Heidi. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I heard that. Right. I heard that Bud wants to take us national. How was breakfast? And Tim is like, oh, it came up. Uh, I said no. I didn't want to do it. And then yeah. yes, Al is like, oh, but you didn't think about my future. You didn't think about what that would mean for me. And then yeah. Al goes off on Tim. And I'm glad that they allowed Al to go to that place. I yeah. mean, he's saying the things that we've been saying for seasons now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're always so selfish. All you ever think yeah. about is what, what's good for Tim. And then Tim is kind of bristling at all this. And Jill keeps going like, Hey, Al, how about some breakfast? We've got, <laughs> we've got three kinds of eggs and we've got hash browns and we've got home fries. It's a, it's a really, it's like a funny scene and it's, yep. uh, there's just a lot of humor in this scene and it doesn't come from being mean. Right. It just comes from like the situation that they're in yeah. and Jill trying to run interference for Tim. It's almost a situational comedy, which is weird that it took them five years <laughs> of making this very popular sitcom to get to this point. Um, but, but Al leaves angry, not actually giving Tim the chance to explain. Uh, not that I think that Tim was even going to, Tim wasn't really like ready to do like, I don't even know that it, I, I would put it on Tim to just never tell Al. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Like kind of oh, take it to the grave sort of deal. And he never would have had it not leaked through Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get a, uh, another slide transition. The next scene slides into place, uh, where it is, uh, prep time for tool time. Yes. And uh, but is, uh, Appearing on stage while Tim is prepping a kitchen, uh, like a kitchen sink set. Yeah, Tim is alone and, and Bud yeah. comes to visit him. And I get, Bud is basically just like, yeah, so, you know, did you, do you have a chance to talk to Al? You know, what are you going to mm -hmm. do? And Tim just says to him straight up like, yeah, I'm so, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. You know, if, if there's no Al, there's no tool yeah, time. We're not going to expand the show that us, Yeah. yeah. And, and Bud starts pushing back on this, and Tim starts defending Al and saying, no, not only is Al my friend, he's a really good, you know, he's a very good tool man, he's knowledgeable, he's, he's good at what he does, and is just really going to the mat for his buddy and his coworker yeah. and defending Al at length and talking about how great he is. And then we see Al kind of poke his head, like Al coming around <laughs> to come on stage, and they don't see him, but he's yeah. there listening to all this. And I, I really like that moment, too, because it, it allowed Tim 
to be genuine and sincere about his feelings about Al without like getting it pulled out of him. Like, yes. Okay, fine, Al. You know, I do this because, you know, I make fun of you because you're like yeah. a brother to me. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like, it's a genuine expression of what, how Tim values Al. And like, I've needed that. Yeah, I, I needed know. to Th- see that. This was like, this was like a canteen full of water in the middle of a <laughs> desert. This was so, it's so great to just see. And also, again, credit to Tim yeah. Allen. He does sincere very well. He, he does, yes. He, go, he, can, he can be clowning and fucking up a kid's menu uh, <laughs> maze and then turn around and be talking very convincingly and sincerely about his love for someone, and yeah. you buy it. And uh, I, I want to just comment on the line that brings Al out of the wings, which Tim you know, kind of turns to Bud and says, you know, America will love Al because Al loves America. And then Al just steps out of the shadows and goes, I do. Uh, And then Bud's like, okay, well, you know, this isn't, you know, it's my money. I have to, you know, worry about this. And uh, Tim's like, just put us in 10 10 new markets and, you know, let us prove it. Let us, and I I like this. Like Tim is learning compromise. Yeah. And, and, but also compromise while sticking up for yourself and, the work of your coworker, yeah, um, and the, he eventually negotiates. You know, not ten, not five. I'll put you in two new markets and for see six how you do. for six months, yeah. and it's on you guys to like make a big showing of it. And then uh, Bud leaves without shaking Al's hand, which brings me to the question: Why do the owners of Binford hate Al? Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> Mr. Binford hated him. Mr. Binford didn't. Well, also because the uh, the previous owners of Binford weren't people the audience was supposed to like. Mr. Binford was kind of like. Like, a sympathetic character, maybe, yeah. but he's that kind of, like, swaggering, rich... I don't... I picture him being Texan. For, did he have a hat? <laughs> I, you know, I... Yes, he did, but he, he's very much... I conflate him... He, in my mind, it's not Noble William playing him anymore. It's M. Emmett Walsh. M. M. Emmett Walsh <laughs> or uh, or Stephen Root as, like, Jimmy James on, on news radio. <laughs> but, like, you know, he's like... Yeah. like so, Mr. Binford is a cartoon. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Wes Anderson is, like... A, <laughs> Davidson. A, Wes Davidson Anderson is a... <laughs> is, a, like, a cartoonishly evil guy, like a dystopian... You know, yeah, like, just, he's like let's a Paul make Ver- these Binford products cheap. He's a Paul Verhoeven character, basically. <laughs> a Paul Verhoeven bad guy. Yeah, and, but he then, gets shot at the beginning of Robocop. Yes, a million times. Or he gets blown up with a grenade by the dad from that 70s show. Uh, <laughs> but but the, but Bud is like... The the show wants you to like him. Bud is yeah. a reasonable, nice guy. He's not, And he's not like shit-talking Al. Yeah. He's he's just saying like, look, Al doesn't test right. Like this is supposed to be a, a boss that we like. Yeah, and I think that's a very smart move for them because especially if they're going to get longevity out of this. I mean, it just opens so many more opportunities for us to deal with a reasonable but hard nosed character. Yeah. Uh, versus just someone we hate. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a stronger character yeah. for that reason. But I don't know. Maybe maybe when you go to management school, they there's just like the last day of school. There's like a picture of Al, and it's like, do not <laughs> trust this man. <laughs> um. So, but Bud leaves, and then uh, Al turns to Tim to thank him, and uh, he's thanking <laughs> just, him and thanking him, and Tim is Tim is brushing it like off. A, so he hard. can he can sense it's coming, and I I actually really love this moment. The, the, do you have Tim's line? I don't. No. T- Tim says to Al, "You're getting that I'm gonna hug you look, and I don't like it." <laughs> and sure enough, the bear hug comes and uh, just squeezes him uh, till Tim dies. He literally dies at the end of this episode, and. Uh, that's a shame because I finally liked it. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, well, hey, you know, go, go out on top. Either either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become season three Tim. Uh, it no, it it put me in mind of another relic of the past, the show Scrubs, where uh, where JD played by Zach Braff is always 
trying to hug Dr. Cox, his <laughs> boss, who hates him and hates being hugged. Yes. Yeah. Um, we go to the Stinger, yes. which is on Tool Time. The porta potties are back. Al comes in holding his the, duplicate shirt. The the punchline of the Stinger, like the fun, the funniest bit of the Stinger, happens at the beginning, yeah. where Al comes in wearing a flannel shirt carrying an identical flannel shirt on a hanger <laughs> and like Tim's like, oh, I want to show you this new thing we're going to do for the show. And, and Al's like, or Al's like, Oh, I got to get dressed first. Oh, and whatever. I'll stay casual. <laughs> um, and, uh, Tim's like, okay, I made a few modifications to the porta potty. Uh, he first brings out a man sized, as he calls it, air freshener, which is just a gigantic cartoon size match. Yep. Um, and he's like, uh, the, you know, the best thing about this is that you don't have to do the pesky uh, transporting from uh, job site to job site. I've installed a motor on this uh, so that you could just drive it yourself. Yeah. And he gets in and drives it off the set. Now, I considered saving this for another episode. But I don't know if you remember in our season four, Super Spectacular, I had said that I have a theory that I was going to reveal in season five. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal it now. Because it has to do with Binford and the kind of origins of the company and stuff like that, uh, which is this. We've had some questions as to how Tim got this job. Yes. We have a little bit of answers with the backstory with Wes yeah, Davis. Yeah, a salesman, yeah. Maybe. Here's my thought, is that Tim is actually a failed inventor. That would make sense. So it's like kind of like Rick and Morty almost, but even like even less so. Like he's just yeah. he's this crazy inventor who's not really great at it. When you you look at someone who's being an inventor, what are you going to need? Um, power and more of it. <laughs> True. Tools. <laughs> Tools. Okay. So if you are starting out, you need some extra income and uh, uh, benefits from the job, you would get a job at a tool company selling tools. Yeah. Okay, so you can use a prototypes for yourself. Maybe they give you some sort of kickback. You get to keep the, the demonstration tools um, so that he can continue tinkering. Uh, but he's never quite made an invention that works outside of the dishwasher or the, the washing machine in the garage. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this may have endeared him to Mr. Binford. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Mr. Mr. Binford liked his just can do gonna turn gonna yes. rebuild the world as I see it. And Mr. Binford had the foresight to see the spectacular failure of a, of an inventor that this is and wanted to harness this failure as a success on a TV show. Because his failure is entertaining to watch. Exactly. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. That makes some sense. Uh yeah. Which goes against my personal mantra, which is stop making sense. But I, you, well, you've started making sense, so now you have to stop. <laughs> there you go. I'll yeah, take it, it. There's an excuse to watch the movie again. Uh, no, I, I, I think that, and you know, and and as proof of what a bad inventor Tim is, he drives off in this porta potty. There's he's sitting inside it with the door closed. There is no windshield on that. You are just no. driving around in a toilet full of chemicals and shit and bashing into things. That sounds awful. Yep. Uh, and then Heidi comes in for no other reason to pat uh, Al's arm. We go to the outtakes. Well, well, she comes in, and, and they're both watching him drive off, and Al just goes, and they were going to fire me. <laughs> we go to the outtakes, which is uh, <laughs> the the hug moment. Um, and uh, 
well, it just Al tackles Tim to the ground. To the ground, which yeah. I have to say, in a, a workstation, is not up to OSHA no. safety standards at all. Do not do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's no laughing matter, folks. I did not find that funny. <laughs> personal, personal reflections. Yes. Um. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Is there anything we didn't cover? Uh, except for one other segment that I think we're going to cover in a second. I think that we're good. Let's cover the grunt count. Landon. I have a guess. Guess. Three. Two. One. No, that, that two is the... <laughs> you did it wrong, Landon. Oh. <laughs> so it's zero? It's dose. Two. It's two grunts. Wow. He, he, he kind of does... And I'm trying to remember where this... I think it's at... Uh, no, I, th- I think it's when they're talking about the the outhouse. I can't even remember the specific. It was space yeah. Here. I think it was kind of earlier in the but episode. He go, he goes kind of goes. Argh. Yeah, like, yep. it, it was there was there was two attacks and one of them was a long boy. And I was gonna ask you about it because it, it, it. I'm glad you specified that because when I heard it, it just sounded like one grunt with two undulations in it. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a start and stop, but I'm glad you said that it, it was a long one and then a short one. Yeah, yeah, I caught that. Okay. Yeah, it's like Argh. yeah. It was weird. You don't normally get groupings of two. You either get two individuals that are spread out, yeah. or you get a three or a cluster of three. You don't get a cluster of two that often. Yeah, it is. It's unusual. That's why I'm giving this grunt count my uh, Truman Cap seal of uniqueness. There will forever be an asterisk next to season five, episode two. It had a unique two grunt cluster. Folks, I'm Truman Caps. I want to talk to you about endangered grunt clusters <laughs> every day. Grunt clusters are dying out, wiped off the face of the earth, and the Sarah McLaughlin song is playing in the background. For only for only one dollar a month, you can donate to create a special preserve where we will sequester these grunt clusters, be they clusters of two, clusters of four, or even the extremely rare cluster of seventy-seven Christmas-themed grunts. Yeah, it's in the arms of that one. an yes. angel. Way to go, Landon! You screwed up my bit. No, comedy. I committed to it, no matter what. I, I appreciate you committing. Um. Let's go into tweet time. Do 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 that Twitter game that we love to play. Yes, uh, I stopped myself from doing a theme song. You I, 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 I well, you, you didn't stop yourself from doing the intro to a theme song. <laughs> do do do. That's like a video game power up noise. That's Mario getting three sizes bigger to read some tweets on top of one of those fucking blocks. So last week, uh, it being our first episode of the season, we just posed the question. Yes, uh, and the Twitter answered forty two. <laughs> That's the answer. Um, so the question was, uh, since our season one premiere, uh, season five premiere, episode Since our season one, one premiere, a lot has happened. <laughs> uh, came out on Halloween. We posed the question, what was your all-time best Halloween costume? Yes. And uh, we got a lot of amazing, this has been really difficult. Yeah. So we are doing something different this season. We're only choosing one answer. There can be... Only one. Oh my god, it is more difficult than I thought it would be to choose. Ah, uh, Landon. I know, I know. I, lo- I love that no matter what you do, you sign yourself up for a hard job <laughs> that I don't have to do. So, uh, I think there was just one that's a given. I mean, I would be ashamed of myself if I didn't choose it. Lay it on me. The answer, he's a man of few words, Mason, at W-A-B-A-G-C-K on Twitter. I was legit Al Borland last year. Okay, okay. I would have to slap my own wrist if I didn't uh, choose that. Did he... Uh, now, I, the only thing would be better is if then when people said, like, who are you? He'd go, I'm Al Borland from the TV series Home Improvement, popularly uh, covered on the series Grunt Work, a podcast. <laughs> or if he'd say, I'm Al Borland from Grunt Work, a podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. That would be the best one. You know what... It, 
we are recording this the day before Halloween, uh, so I still have time to make my costume. I am going to go as Coffee Steam Ghost Borland. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee Steam Ghost Borland is my Wi-Fi password, actually. <laughs> Uh, I do want to, I'm not going to normally do a runner-up, but I do want to just point out one. Our patron Tara dressed up as uh, Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. Okay, um, okay. And uh, that is, it seems like a very unique and gender-bendy um, costume. And bendy in general, because Quicksilver <laughs> is like, you know, you, you know, you break open the thermometer and you play with that, it on the ground. It's very bendy. It's Mercury. Well, Mercury and Quicksilver are the same thing. Are they really? Yeah, Quicksilver is the old-timey word for Mercury. Like, like, like that was the colloquial term for it. That changes my comic book history quite a bit. <laughs> You're welcome, Landon. <laughs> I also feel like now I should double check that to make sure I didn't fully fuck your brain. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that's real. Like, I've, I've been away. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you want to know what our best costumes were, head over to our Patreon uh, to tune in to this week's episode of Gruntwork Nights, and that's on Patreon.com/GruntworkPod. Uh, and speaking of our Patreon. Uh, we want to thank our official Gruntheads for being uh, a sponsor of this show. Yes, we do. Uh, Cheyenne, Michael, Mason, TJ, and Spencer. So thank you so much. We salute you all. We sing in your honor. <laughs> Grunt work is made possible by people like you. Uh, so if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create even better content, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at our Patreon. Yeah, because for as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content, like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes, where we cover topics like those. <laughs> and if you decide to subscribe at one of our higher tiers, you can also get access to our video feed of Gruntwork Nights, uh, periodic gifts, and a special video message from us. Yeah. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Now, leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts is the fastest and easiest way to support us. Yes. And it really, honest to God, goes a very long way to help others find this show. It is a really good thing that helps us so much. So please take a moment uh, to tell others why you love this show. Yes. And if you do that, in return, we will give you the entire left side of the menu. I'm talking what? ham, sausage, hot links, oh. sausage patties, home fries, hash browns, corned beef hash, poached eggs, Whoa. eggs benedict, pancakes, waffles, a Dutch baby wrapped around a Denver omelet, a kiddie pool filled with coffee, and a 2003 Mitsubishi Galant packed full of white and wheat toast, and if you open the trunk, that's right, sourdough. Whoa! Holy cow! I am gonna go leave us a rating review. I think I'm gonna do it too. I'm hungry as shit. Guys, does that mean we have to share the left side of the menu, or does every person Landon, get the left I, side of the I menu? I feel like there's enough for two. It's a lot. Of, that is an absurd <laughs> number of foods. You are making an assumption, sir. And I'll thank you not to rope me into it. What is it? You don't want to share the 2003 Mitsubishi Galant? Is that it? <laughs> I, I don't know. You could take that. I just want the food. Okay. You know that's fine. At least let me have the trunk full of sourdough. Uh. Okay. And, it, and comes the the it comes with the car. It comes with the car. Half of these were meats, Landon. Uh. You know what? I'm selfish when it comes to breakfast food okay look i respect <laughs> breakfast food respect breakfast food uh please stop by and say hi to us on twitter or instagram uh where you can find us at gruntwork pod and you can find information on today's show on our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com and while you're on our website you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to get notified whenever a new episode is released uh as well as get the grunt count hints some yep. exclusive trivia yep and uh until next week when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, it's 11 p.m. Do you know which museum young Wilson is at? Yeah.